Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill matson your director of fun and games for the evening and everything is better on limblom day even that terrible intro song uh if you haven't heard you've been living under a rock oscar limblom part of the philadelphia flyers it's happening everybody let's just get into it because it is going to be a fun episode we are back from vegas and we're all live so let's do it well <laughs> somewhat we're living but yeah. actively breathing all four of us i think that's, <laughs> that's the true. most we can ask for first and foremost my broadcast partner in crime steph delicious d steph driver oh, how are you tonight steph? well i have a ruptured eardrum nice. and i just am getting over the flu and we went to vegas how's your ankle <laughs> oh and a sprained ankle are you still concussed um possibly possibly <laughs> so that no we for sure got concussed yeah yeah whiplash <laughs> from that indoor roller coaster in vegas i love that roller do coaster. not ride the canyon blaster friends <laughs> do not the, do the, it the canyon was indeed blasted it, do it not sure do it <laughs> <laughs> it was um i want to talk about vegas just <clears throat> just quickly um fans of philly is incredible so i knew that this trip was going to be good just because like, we create our own fun. It's a bunch of Flyers fans like, yeah, going to true. Vegas. We, like, do. we create our own fun. Yeah. So we're going to have a good time wherever we go, and whoever's with us is going to have fun. But this was above and beyond all of my expectations. So fans of Philly coordinated everything. Like, there was nothing that any of us had to panic about. And if you know us, like, we panic about everything. We oh, will make things bit. up to panic about. And, we like, there was nothing, nothing along the way nowhere for it to happen so all of the transportation all of the tickets all of the parties all of the venues everything was taken care of we just had to physically show up and it didn't even matter really when we showed up except for the transportation piece like if you miss the bus you miss the plane like you're screwed that's your problem but otherwise like you show up to the party when you show up to the party and it's amazing um the entire wheel family was there i don't know if that got captured on a podcast since i don't think so um, no, Jor- I mentioned it on maybe a post game or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I did too. Oh my god, our post games when we were in Vegas—they were amazing. We drank a lot. <laughs> um, Jordan Wheel's mother is the nicest woman, who is apparently very shy, and <clears throat> the entire family was 
exploiting that, like calling a lot of attention to her. But by the time that they won in Vegas against the Golden Knights, she didn't really care so much because there was a raucous Mrs. Wheel chant. Yeah, going out of the that game. was uh, was that Saturday both at the it open was both. bar. Both. Okay, yeah. it was both. <clears throat> it it was just it was so much fun. Um, if you get the chance to go to a game in Vegas, I don't care who's playing, go because yeah. the atmosphere. The energy of that crowd is amazing. They have the best in-game presentation I've ever seen. It uh, was just, it's top just, to bottom amazing. It's just a really fun <laughs> arena to go catch a hockey game. And then, of course, also you're in Vegas. But if you don't want to go to Vegas, Fans of Philly is a bunch of trips coming up. There's one uh, to the Panthers soon. And, and I know Carolina yep. I know Carolina's on St. Paddy's. That's the that's the date I yep. know. I don't yeah. know the date of the Florida one. Off the I, think, I think it's the like next weekend. They're both in March. March 2nd yeah. or something like that. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Folks, I want to talk about Claude Giroux for a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I do. Our our captain, our very own captain. So he is on pace now after a three-point night on Sunday, or a three-point day, I guess they play during the day, uh, for 96 points in 82 games. His previous season high is 93 and 77, so technically a little bit less on the pace, but in terms of raw points, he's on pace for the most points he's ever had in a single season. Now, that season happened when he was 23 going on 24. He turned 24 midway through the year. He's 30 now, and he's possibly going to finish with the best season of his NHL career. And I don't think we've talked about just how like incredibly unlikely this is, because even if you account for the fact that he was hurt, even if you account for the fact that, you know, the hope was that he was going to have a bounce back year after recovering from the surgery or whatnot, he's still having a better season at age 30 than he did the entirety of his mid-20s when you're supposed to yeah. be your age-related statistical prime. And when we all said, like, he's an incredible hockey player, mm-hmm. it, it, the it's, it's incredible because if I bet if we were to go back and listen to, like, our, you know, beginning of the season, what what would be successful? What would you call a Claude Giroux bounce back year? We would, did we all say 65 to 75 points? I think we were points? saying 65. Hold on. Did I say 90 points? I know that I went crazy with Claude Giroux. I don't know. I don't remember. I need to listen. Go back and look at the yeah. tape. I Some, think, somebody's yeah. listening. That's your homework. I think Let we, me know what I said. I think the average was like, all right, we don't think he's that point of game plus player anymore. But if he's in that 65, 75 range, we'd all be happy with yeah. him as that as long as other guys stepped up too. But like, this doesn't happen. No. This, this doesn't happen to players. Players do not get better at age 30 like it just doesn't which is why i think even though people know that closure is having a good year they know he's having a bounce back year like they it's it's hard to comprehend just how unlikely this is because this doesn't happen to anyone is putting him with couturier and moving him to wing something we haven't credited dave haxtell with enough oh, boy. Mm, i think that mm. that's the only thing we have credited dave haxtell okay, with okay, okay listen he's gotten credit for it like don't him, have to that. shower yeah. him with praise <laughs> hey listen when things were bad all we did was shit on the coach and deservedly so he still does some things that make you scratch your head sometimes no sometimes um yeah mm-hmm. uh, brandon manning's still getting regular minutes that is mm. a thing uh but I want to also. I want to be fair. I am, of course, a trained journalist. Charlie's the journalist here. I am a singing, dancing ape, basically. Uh, with a fidget spinner. Yeah, with a, fidget fidget a monkey with symbols. In my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So to piggyback on Charlie's point, I would also like to point out the fact that outside of our little hockey bubble, Travis Konechny, I don't think, is getting nearly enough attention for the season that he is having. Um, 
And it's not because of Dave Hextall. So All right. as we dive into it a bit deeper later, I think it's important for everyone to have that little nugget in the back of their mind. I think what we need to dive into now, though, mm-hmm. big news of the day is that Anthony Stolar is activated from IR. That's the story. <laughs> well, I actually have a lot of questions about that because like, I didn't I don't. think that he was going to play this season. Me neither did I. Mm, so did they just need him off the Flyers books? Because he he hadn't been waived yet, right? No. no. Yeah, and that's the thing that I didn't realize. that Charlie, Charlie mentioned this. Early. Yeah. yeah. yeah so so let's he, just talk he, about this now. Yeah, he was on sh- uh, season opening IR. So that meant the Flyers had about like $260,000 with a cap hit stuck on their book so they just couldn't do anything with something they he, couldn't bury yeah, until he got healthy yeah. and now he's healthy ish i guess i don't know like i don't know what this actually means because it may just it may just mean that he's healthy enough that they can get him off that and that he's going to still sit down in lehigh valley for a month waiting to play himself like to practice himself in a game shape i don't know or maybe he's ready. Could, so like this is this is a dumb question. I feel dumb asking it. Is the Phantoms IR different from the Flyers IR? Um well I mean I guess it's got to be a little bit different cuz there's no cap. Um mm. maybe they can like put someone on Phantoms IR after they've been taken off of Flyers IR, maybe? I and don't know. Mike, because I had a, a couple of thoughts initially, just like, does this mean Tokarski's coming up and Muse is going to be the only goalie down there? I oh just had a, I had a couple of thoughts, and they stem from, you know, the Neuvert injury now. But no, the real big news of the day, Oscar Lindblom, it finally happened. We got our guy. He's our baby. I <laughs> Listen. Uh, no, I was. We were all convinced he was going to make the team out of camp. Uh, I was then convinced when he didn't, he would be here uh, right after Christmas. That did not happen. It is now, what is today's date? February 19th. 19th. Uh, he's here. He is now a flyer. He is up, and I assume he's going to play? <laughs> this, was <a> funny, <laughs> this was a funny conversation we had before the show. We are like, Yo, he's he's gonna play, right? Well, <laughs> no, see he, the, he absolutely yeah, well, has to play. Yeah, we said that about Travis Sanheim, and how well did that work out? That's well, the thing. Like, yeah, realistically, if he ended up in the press box, would you actually be surprised? Because they waited this long to bring him up. Yes. What does that have to do with Dave, though? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Not a thing. I, I would be very surprised just because they played Goldborn. Nothing that yeah, this team I said does before, would surprise me. Dave fucking loves a Tyrell Goldborn <laughs> with his intangibles and his grit and his heart but, and his energy. Whereas Oscar Limblom is a flashy, pretty boy who wants to make a lot of moves out there and uh, score a lot of goals. And who told him so he could pretty. do he's that? Also, he's not yet put in the work. He's not just a pretty boy. He's not I just mean, a Konechny who, and to his credit, Konechny now playing on top line. I know uh, you don't want to give it to Dave, I'll but he is playing with Couturier and Drew. Imagine putting talented players yeah. with other talented players. Yeah. That is a stroke of genius. <laughs> I'm just saying he did it. So we're, we And Limblom, listen, not just a listen. pretty boy, he also does a lot down low, and he, he, he possesses the puck. No, Limblom is defensively responsible. Like yeah. Limblom is not going to have a problem protecting the puck. But more importantly... He really, really doesn't want to play Limblom or he Limblom. I said it already. He 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 really, really doesn't want to play Weiser Latera. That's obvious just based on ice time. He um, doesn't want to play those guys. Who was the who was on the ice of the final minute of uh the game the other day when we were tied? 
So they could start with a good line. They okay. had to start overtime with a good line. Well, did you not want to? Did you want to see Philpolis start overtime? You know what I wanted to see? I wanted to see them trying to win the dang hockey game in regulation. I'd mm. rather get the point than see uh, what happens. That's wrong. All right. Um, so is your Laterra still playing in in multiple situations? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They like him on the penalty kill. Well, this is dumb. Or so why? You, so you trying to say that they don't <laughs> want to play I mean. him? Like, why? However, they continue to play him. They continue to play him, and not only just at five on five, but also on the penalty kill. Because Dale Weiss is terrible. They only. They have also s- continue to play Dale Weiss. Because they only have so many guys. But Taylor Lear is sitting there. Uh-huh. Taylor Lear is sitting. Cares about Taylor Lear. We got Oscar Lindblom. Yeah, he's gonna be up. He's focus. gonna be playing. And I'm not confident that he'll be playing. They're bringing him up to play him. That's what we said about Travis Sanheim. Sanheim. Ron Hextall said that about Travis Sanheim. Well, that yeah, he's not going to keep them up here unless they're playing. And then Dave wouldn't play well, him. Yeah, and then they sent him down. I mean, Sanheim played uh, until that last burst where that he last was, burst of twenty games. Yeah, but like until then he was playing. Sanheim was playing basically every day. Just, just forget about those twenty games. I know. Well, they never then, they, well, then they sent him down after after, after, after twenty, 20 games, games. Like it was a solid month. That's the thing. It wasn't like a small it, little it like four like, or oh, five games. Like, he, that was was he was sitting. He was sitting for a long. Time. And that was after three months of him playing. Okay, so it's fair. not so like. Are we four months into the season already? Oh, we are actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so they're not going to call up Oscar Limbaum to not play him. It's just it's not going to happen. Like maybe he'll get scratched once, maybe, but I don't even think that's going to happen because I think I think honestly Hacksaw's going to like him. Because he does a lot of little things right. I mean, here's hoping. He I mean, they, they sent him down. They didn't let him make the team in the beginning of the season. So how much can they actually like his I, I think they wanted him to pry a job away. And after, what did he have, a three-goal weekend? He pried a job away, finally. He had a good the And some other guys failed. You, the guys who are signed to money are always going to get the consideration. I know we don't like it, but that's the business side of this sport. It happens in every single organization. Matt Martin was getting time over uh, guys in Toronto who they were better Matt than him. Matt Martin, though. All right, and that was wrong. They still like Matt Martin. The intriguing thing here for me is that, you know, we heard, we basically heard Hexel flat out say that, like, I'm not going to call up Oscar Lindblom to play on a, on the fourth line. Nothing's really changed. Like, they, they have a top nine now, and then they have your fourth line, which is essentially Latera, Wies, Philpola. No one's gone. So you call up Limblom, like clearly, like I, he's going to play. I don't know where. I'm intrigued because, like, I don't know if they're going to do what they should do and bench one of Weiser Laterra, or if they're going to bench somebody like Raffle or Wheel because he because Limblom needs to play in the top nine. Like, this is an interesting question as to where he's going to fit because he he needs to play and he's going to play, but somebody's got to come out for him, and I don't know who that somebody's going to be. Uh, you said they. We talked about this before the show, but you said they didn't practice today. They did, which uh, is a bummer for me because I wanted an answer on one thing, and it was the Wheel Simmons flip in the third period. Of, was it just the third period of the Rangers just game? Because I, I didn't yeah. get home until the end of that yeah, game. Just the third period. Uh, Wheel was up with Patrick and Voracek. Simmons was down was with Raffle and Lawton. My guess is they bump Raffle down to the fourth line, take Weiss out and put Limblom in that Lawton-Simmons line. That would make I the most sense that. to me. Yeah, I That's that. what makes the most sense to me. But if he's going to help the fourth line and maybe help the second power play, I don't hate it. As long as he has an opportunity to move up after, like, 
if he comes up and, oh, okay, he's killing it, let's bump him up, let's bump something da- someone else down, I'm fine with that as well. Uh, it, but it will be an intriguing thing to see what they do with the roster because, like, we started this conversation happy and 30 seconds in, we're still yelling about <laughs> Taylor we fucking Lear. We have a brand. Um, we're yelling about Taylor Lear still. But they do do questionable... I've never been happy a day in my they life. They do questionable things with this lineup sometimes where you look at it and, like, I have this down, but we'll talk about it now. Overall forward usage. I'm talking about the 12 guys they're playing and the role they're in. We're happy, right? For the most part, I would say forward. <laughs> I, I, I was going to let you guys have that one. For I the mean, most part, I'm, I've am i recently, I would say for the last month or the so, Limblom call very up very happy with the forward deployment. Well, okay, with the lines, I should say, deployment of those lines has been questionable at times, I would think. Uh, except for, uh, and I, what was the game before <clears throat> the Rangers game? Columbus. Columbus. Yes. Except for the Columbus game, the Philpola Weiss Laterra line was clearly a fourth line, and they just happened to play more that night, I guess, matchup basis. Just I, someone was playing well that night, someone was playing poorly that night. Was someone I mean, really this might be well? like my own confirmation bias, but I feel like I see that line in far too many important situations, like it that it shouldn't be there. In a close game, late in the game, like, I don't need to shorten your fucking bench, Dave. Like, I don't need to see that line out in the final minute of a game ever, unless they're winning, like, 6-2. Every time I looked at the ice when we were in Vegas, your Laterra, Dale Weiss, and whoever the fuck of Valtteri Filppula was out there. Like, every single time I looked, it was those numbers. (laughs) And, and, and they and probably and played less than 12 yeah, minutes that night. Well, it, it was, the, it was All like of the, the, the most minutes. 12 important minutes. Well, they, actually, they probably did I play. Tra- I made Travis look it up they, because I was astounded. That they, <laughs> did, they probably did play a lot because the they were whole, up big. Well, no, the whole game was a five on five. No mm. one took any penalties. Yeah. So it may not have been that they had more minutes than other people. It may have been just that everyone got more minutes because there was no power play time. What, there was one power play in that game? That was it? Um, no. Not for the Flyers, I think. Yeah, I think the the Knights. Yeah, had the a Knights power had play. one. Yeah. yeah, but this this will raise. So where do we all expect to see Limblom playing? Where I, do you think he fits in, and how do you think it affects the rest? I mean, I kind of assumed he would fit in on the third line somewhere. So your idea of mushing Raffle down to the fourth line makes sense to me, because I I don't think they're going to play him on the fourth line. That doesn't make any sense. It I mean, does it, it's rookie hazing, so yeah. he's got to play with one of Maybe the, he's going to play defense with Andrew McDonald. I could plausibly Ooh. see him ending up with Phil Pula. I mean, I don't want it to happen. Is he going to help carry Phil Pula? I don't is know. Is that the idea? I, I don't think they view it as carrying Phil Pula because I think they think Phil Pula is good. Maybe maybe the, the fact that he's been dropped down leads me to believe they think he's less good than I originally thought. But I, I, I think they may look at it as, well, you know, Limbaugh's a goal scorer and Phil Pula's a passer and that works, right? I could see that. I, I could see that logic, but in the end, I, I think he'll think he'll be on the Lawton line. That's my guess. Yeah, he, he ends up on the Lawton line with you know maybe maybe they keep Simmons there, and maybe you get a, a, a Lindblom Lawton Simmons line. They figure that's some, that's supporting the kid with you know a goal scorer and a center who's been pretty responsible this year. I don't know though, and it was interesting because the uh, the the next thing that came out of this, and you know if you're listening, you'll probably know either way tomorrow. But there was a thought that well maybe <coughs> they're gonna move a forward for a goalie, and yeah. that's why they called Limblom up is because that's where the space opens up. They they they, they flip like Jordan Wheel for a for, for a goalie. And then there's a top nine spot that opens up, and boom. Now, 
then of course there was like the dream. Oh, what if they trade a Weasel to Terra? And like, yeah, and we'd be jumping on the <laughs> table. Right. We'd be jumping on the table. Everyone's Why would anybody idea. want them? <laughs> like, I mean, let's trade our garbage for good players. Why doesn't anyone yeah. ever do this? Well, we're not understand. trading them for a good player necessarily. Well, we're true. trading them, getting bo- rid like of them, warm body. and we're bringing yeah. up Lindblom. Well, yeah. I mean, that's our consolation. Yeah. I would. What I would like to see happen. I think with Lindblom, as I look at this. Um, I'd kind of like to see him with Patrick and Voracek and just move Wheel and Simmons with Lawton. It's interesting. I wouldn't uh, hate it. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't hate it, but... Just give it to him, right? They're not going no, to. No, but Nolan yeah. Patrick has been so good and strong lately. Like, let's not fuck with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Let's not fuck with it. Nope, I, nope, nope. I don't want to hear the butt. Just don't, don't fuck. Don't, giving nope, him nope, don't fuck with it. Don't do it. I think nope. it would make. I think <laughs> nope. it's not fucking with him. It's making the entire team better. I think. But then, is it? Is it? Because yeah. we're still looking. I mean, Limblom hasn't had any NHL minutes. We don't know what he's going to look like if he struggles a little bit and it brings the whole line down. That means it, it's going to bring Patrick down, and I am not here for that. I think I'm the, not here for it. I, he, the, that boy does not need any more struggles in his rookie year. Thank you very much. I don't see Limblom struggling. I think that's part of why I, he stayed so long. Do. All rookies do at some point in time. All do rookies they? struggle. Yes. Yeah. Limblom had his in the beginning of the season in the AHL. No, Those were his struggles. No, that's not a rookie in the NHL. Saying someone struggled in the AHL does not make that not happen in the NHL. Maybe I mean, it I does, think, maybe it doesn't. I think it's logical to think no. he's going to have a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah, I mean, it just it happens. Of That's, course, it's, yeah. It's, it's playing natural. with new it's people, fine. playing at a higher rate of play. He's going to have a three-point night tomorrow, guaranteed. I mean, I'm here for it. That'd be cool. Yeah. If he plays, I don't think he will. <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit about Limblom the player and, yeah. and who he is because you know, we've He been looks like a cherub. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, cherub. We've been it's talking about angel. him. Uh, we're talking about him for so long. You know, he's kind of sort of become this almost like it was. He almost became a concept rather than a yeah. player yeah. because he just became the living embodiment of what Ron Hexall would not give us. He is the process. <laughs> he is the process. Him sitting at him being in the AHL is like Embiid on the sideline. Like, oh, I can feel it. The process is here. Just give it to me. But let, let's Taylor talk a little like bit about one. him, the player, because you know we we all got to watch him in in camp. We all got to watch him in preseason. Uh, I've watched him a few years uh, at the at the rookie camp. Uh, I think a couple of us have been to rookie camps as well over the last few years. Um, and then obviously he was dominant in the Swedish league last year. Um, it's all in terms of kind of who the play, who who he is. He's not a connector. And if, if you're going and expecting him to be a flashy, connect-me-type player, that's that's not him. That's not his game. He's not – he used to be slow. He's not slow anymore, but he's certainly not fast. His game is positioning and instincts, and he just has a knack for getting in the right position in the offensive zone, whether it's on the rush, whether it's on the cycle. Defensively, he's strong. He's very strong along the boards. This is a guy who – is more of a fantastic support player for a line, which makes it interesting to, to me as to how he's going to adjust to the NHL because, you know, a lot of times the skill players, when they come up, they have to, like, adjust to the pace. They have to figure out, like, what worked at the, NA- at the AHL level, how is it going to work at the NHL level. With Lindblom, 
I watch his game, and I think that a lot of the stuff he's doing at the AHL level might work even better at the NHL level because then he has more teammates that can get him the puck when he gets to those places. And so I'm really interested to see how this how this transition process. When goes. you talk about a uh, a support player, him as a support player, he's a finisher. He has great hands down low, in tight, wins battles, um, and can score from you know that home plate yeah, area. That's yeah. what he does. We, As soon as they traded Braden Shen at the draft party, we all looked at each other and said, oh, yep, Lindblom right there. He's He fits in that spot perfectly. It's what they're going to do with him. Um, and that did happen. That's yeah. why I kind of, yeah, no, it's, that's why I want to put him with Patrick and Voracek. Well, I we, think that's how you completely avoid. All right, sorry to interrupt, but. Oh, my news? God. Flyers just got Peter Morazic. Holy Four. shit. Uh, conditional fourth-round pick in in 2018 and a conditional third-round pick in 2019. Jesus. Hello. I mean, yeah. Well. Well, All right. So they have a goalie. So they got the goalie. Okay. Well. We'll go for them. Okay. He's better than Neuvert, probably. He's going to play, so he's he's better than Neuvert. (laughs) Probably. How ridiculous is every single time they've ever needed him, Neuvert has gotten hurt. Well, (laughs) you see, his history... Says that that was going to happen. Yeah. I know. It's just crazy that, like, <coughs> I didn't think he could make it to five to six weeks, but I thought he was going to last longer than two games. Yeah, he lasts well, seven, that periods. That. <laughs> seven periods. Seven periods. <laughs> on on like, our sister podcast, uh, yeah. Flyperbole, apparently they made a bet that Neuvert would be hurt by the next time they recorded. <laughs> and he won. Wait, who, he won. Who, who was on which side? Craig, I, I believe that they agreed. Oh, they agreed. They so it wasn't a bet. It yeah. was more just yeah. them assuming this was going to happen. They bet against the organization. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole goddamn flyby now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's good. They have their goaltender. Limblom is up. So I guess I'm going to get into oh, this Mrazek. now. All right. Well, I mean. Peter with no second E. I like it. I've always liked he's, that. He's, he's Czech, right? Uh, that would make sense, right? He is a Czech. Looks like a Czech, Czech name. He's got a Z in there. He's Czech. Yeah. Anyone with a Z in their last name is awesome. <laughs> How do we feel about Mrazek? So Mraz- I don't. So Mrazek <laughs> right? is, he, he, at one time he looked like he was the answer in Detroit, had a bad year last year, has <laughs> been better but not as good as he was in his breakout year this year. What's interesting about Mrazek from a contract standpoint is that he is an RFA at the end of the year. So theoretically, like the Flyers are taking on his salary for the rest of this year, but they do retain control of him. However, the reason why Detroit has been moving him is because Detroit basically made it very clear that if they still had him after the trade deadline through the end of the season, they were not going to qualify him. They were going, they, you know, because when you, have, when you have an RFA, you have the ability to, to qualify or not qualify him. And if you don't qualify, they become an unrestricted free agent. Detroit was like, we're going to do that. You're going to be an unrestricted free agent. We don't want you anymore. The Flyers could do that. They certainly could because they still have Elliott and Neuvert under contract, or they could not. So th- this will be an interesting month and a half of audition from of Marazic and that's for the Flyers to mm-hmm. see if he can convince the Flyers that he deserves to be part of their future. This kind of reminds me of the Steve Mason situation in that whether it's here or elsewhere, he's fighting for a deal. He is looking for some sort of second contract now, and um, he needs to be as good as the Flyers need him to be. So it's it's kind of, I think, a mutually beneficial trade here. I mean, this is interesting because that was one of the names that was kicking around in the offseason as yeah. a guy the yeah. Flyers might be going after, and they didn't. So this will be interesting. Also interesting because there's some rumors about him as far as attitude goes. They were 
kind of saying that that's why he was exposed in the expansion draft is he's got an attitude problem. Um, All right. Well, I mean, attitude is different than what's actually being said. Well, there's. I think that what they're calling attitude problem is this guy is a massive piece of shit and no one likes him. Yeah. I think we're calling that attitude problem to like be diplomatic As or whatever. But we're, we're, like, what does that we're mean? Saying, like, we're saying attitude problem because we don't want to say the words domestic violence. Uh, allegedly. I mean, I mean uh, allegedly. These yeah. are all rumors, but yeah. that's we're saying attitude problem like there isn't an actual crime that the Detroit Red Wings may or may not have covered up. Allegedly. Oh, fun. Allegedly. Yeah. All right. So allegedly. <coughs> well, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, rumors, mean, nothing has been confirmed, but nope. rumors. Uh, then I'm going to stick with my hot take of Alex Lyon is Nick Foles. Okay. Uh, this is the new <laughs> normal Philly. Get used to so it. So here's the thing. My problem with that is that if, if Alex Lyon is Nick Foles, then that presupposes that Dave Hextall would trust Alex Lyon to do something that would be a game changer. But in reality, Dave Hextall would say, no, we don't do fun and exciting yeah, things here. True. Please sit down and shut up. No, like goalies, no, you don't get to yeah. shoot and Alex shoot Lyon out. says, do you want to <laughs> do the Philly special? And Dave Hextall's like, eh, nah, not right now. The what? Nah, we're good. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so I want to get, chances, uh, okay, I have the updated standings now because I wrote these last <laughs> night. So the Flyers are in third in the Metro. Right now we have Washington in first with 75 points. Pittsburgh in second with 74, Philly in third with 70, and then in the wild card, uh, Jersey's right there with 70 as well. The Flyers have a two-game advantage in terms of regulation and overtime wins, so they have the tiebreaker. And Carolina gets the second wild card spot, 64 points. Uh, they have an advantage. Do they? Doesn't look like they do. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love that. Why is Carolina? You got to talk it out. It's fine. Why is Carolina ahead of the Islanders? Oh, because they have fewer games played. Okay. There it is. Carolina is ahead of the Islanders, uh, each with sixty-four. Columbus has sixty-three. The Rangers have fifty-nine. We talked about this on Ice Sport last night. Uh, fun standings anomaly right now. The top three spots in the East are occupied by the Atlantic Division leaders. And then the next eight spots are all the Metro, and then the final five are the rest of the Atlantic. I just find that absolutely Quite a playoff fun. format I, I, I they've just got absolutely here. Love it. <laughs> yeah, this format, man. It's so, I, I say it all the time. So stupid. I liked it when it started because the first round was so good. Mm. And then you realized at the end, like, oh, it's probably, oh, you're telling me it's Pittsburgh and Ottawa are the two best teams? Yeah? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. No. Uh, but so the Flyers are. Um, they're making a playoff run, folks. Like, this is happening. It's and that's kind of what I'm – I think that's the most exciting thing about this Limblom call-up is that it's happening now. Like, he's being called up as someone they're counting on. He is reinforcements at the moment. Yeah. They're calling him up to solidify – let me try that again – to solidify this bottom six and, uh, like, in the midst of a true playoff race. No, this is your this is your, your trade acquisition. And, and that was the point that I've made repeatedly is that – when when people would bring up the idea, oh well, you know, you can solidify the bottom six by maybe trading for a depth guy. Like, no, you can solidify the bottom six by calling up the yeah. guys who are NHL ready, yeah. who are better than anyone you could get for a fifth or sixth round pick. And to their credit, they did it, which is good, and they deserve. You know, Ron Hexel deserves all the credit in the world. But like, this was a move that really, if you if you're pretending to be someone who cares about this season. This is a move that had to be made because yeah. you couldn't keep just rolling Yuri Leterra and Dale Weiss out there and putting your fingers in your ears and pretending that they didn't suck because they did. <laughs>
Yeah, this is pretty I wild. Really, they I have to bring one of them out of the lineup. My initial thought is because Dale Weiss thought on Sunday that it'll be Laterra coming but out Letera of the lineup. Scored what the hell on did Letera I miss scored on a goal. <laughs> Sunday was a crazy... Was I, I watched the replay of the games. I didn't get home till like the third period. It was crazy. There were three fights and the Flyers scored seven times. All oh, on Lundqvist. They did. Why didn't they pull Lundqvist? By the way, was oh. that like? Well, oh, because they want to run him out of town. <laughs> Fine with me. Well, because Vigneault is going to lose his job, and they're going to run Lundqvist out of town. Uh, McDonald, Manning, and Laterra all scored on Henrik Lundqvist. That's um. Two days after they beat Bob in Columbus, which is something they don't do. That's another game that I missed. So when Maybe I, I should just stop watching Flyers games. <laughs> so I say all these things. Finally, I say all these things. Step, 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 don't be convinced Finally. that you are like the you are the Tyrell Goldborn. Like no, you're it's the, me. the reverse That's Tyrell Goldborn. If Tyrell Goldborn can make the team win, then you trust me. You're having no negative impact by not watching. Ugh, Charlie, <laughs> the ruiner of dreams. I bring up all these things to say, like this weekend alone, they went on the road and beat Lundqvist and Bobrovsky. We saw them in Vegas, the best home team in hockey, go out there and beat them pretty handily. I say all this to say the Flyers, with all due respect to Jeffler, pretty good. Actually good. Actually good. Who knew? Yeah. Um, Did not see this not coming. <laughs> yeah. Did not see this coming at and all. Now, I know Charlie wants to dispute this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it anyway. Wait, what do I want to dispute? It's, it's coming. coming. They're making a playoff. <laughs> <laughs> this is a team about to go on a playoff run. They are making a playoff push, and then they are going to make a playoff run. And not only are they going to make the playoffs, they can win a round. Mm-hmm. And if you can win a round, you can win two in this league. Mm-hmm. Bill, you're still drunk for the Super Bowl, aren't you? Mm-mm. I've never not been drunk. <laughs> no, fam. He's on to something here. I'm with him on this one. What's stopping them? What is who is head and shoulders better than them in the East in their division in the in the Metro? Who is head and shoulders better than them? Well, all right, let's take a look here. So the, the Penguins, the Capitals, the Devils, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets. I think they them. could beat any one of those teams in a seven-game series. I don't think they could beat the Penguins. I, th- I, I think I, they, I, I do agree. I think they can beat any of the. So here's the thing: that would be the most difficult one, and a lot of things would have to go right for the Flyers. But in my opinion, like this is the absolute best thing about hockey. Yeah. They absolutely can beat the Penguins four times. I believe absolutely. Yeah, I that didn't they can. think that the Habs could beat the Capitals or the Penguins in 2010, but yeah. they did. Yeah, but you can't just look at it and say, well, you know, look at this one crazy time where this crap team ran through everybody. Like, yeah, it happens. But Ottawa but, got to the Eastern every, Conference final last year. But every team could say that. I mean, yes, that's the, the, the NHL the playoffs. Island, yeah, that's the point, though. But you, that doesn't mean you should go into the playoffs expecting they're going to be on a run. Most likely, they're going to lose because. Oh my God! Not the Red good. Wings have retained half of the salary too. Ron, that's fun. I mean, okay. that's how they extract the I mean, second it's, pick. It's like nice though. Ken Holland. Is Paul Holmgren 2.0. Seriously, he's That's very how they stupid. extracted the <laughs> the second draft. But the thing is, Maybe. what what is that? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. What does that matter though? I, I guess my point is like that's cool and all, but that only matters if the Flyers are planning to make another trade. And are they? I don't know. I just think it's kind of cool. And that's when what Ron when I look at them over. and think this is a team that could make a run. I think what are you looking to get out of this trade deadline? Now they have their netminder at least for the uh, duration of the Elliott injury. Um, they called up Limblom, so they kind of you know bolstered their lineup a little. What else do they need? And do not tell me Travis Sanders. Well, but that is what they it need. Is I agree. <laughs> they need but that. that is fairly clearly not happening. Well, well you well, know what? Until they around, need a Travi. Until around what? 
eight o'clock today. Yeah. We thought that there was no way they were going to get Oscar Limblom. So you know what, true. Bill? Maybe you're wrong. <coughs> they didn't owned. Limblom didn't make the team and then get sent down for Brandon Manning. You're right. He didn't even make the team at all. Exactly. There it is. No, 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 no. They he, were didn't, saving. he didn't make the team over your Latera and Dale Weiss. Everyone shut up. Remember the time that we made it happen that Tyrell Goldborn got called up? Yeah. We're going to make Travis Sanheim Trappy. happen this time. It's happening. Ron. 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 You're listening. Do it, Ron. Ron's watching on Facebook. I and just then know. trade for John Tavares. Oh, boy. You have the assets. You know, Eric Carlson, thank you and good night. <laughs> Let's just get fucking everything. It, it is interesting, Let's though, that, that they retain salary because, like, I, I'm, we're on the show. I don't have the time to go through cap friendly and everything and calculate daily cap space and whatnot. But the assumption of if, if, if you were if, if you're retaining if you're if Detroit's retaining salary, like, why would they do that? Why would they do that unless the Flyers are at least have some theoretical interest in adding another piece of that? Yeah, so, so that's the thing. Like, okay, it's not a big deal, and they retain salary to get the second pick. But the only why reason, would Ron exactly give why up would a Ron pick? care about giving up another pick to have them take salary unless he needed salary to do something? And then that goes back to the Stolars thing. If he was quick to get Stolars off the books, it's not a lot of money, but it's money. So if he's trying to build up some cap space. Huh? Eric Carlson's happening, huh? folks. Something? It's happening. Something could I be happening. I can't wait Eric for that Carlson-McDonald Carlson Carlson. pairing. I'm not going to oh sleep God. tonight. I'm just going to refresh Twitter Would for he? the next 13 hours. Would you you sleep, did last leave, night leave your ringer on, and I'll okay, call you perfect. if anything happens. That's it. what I did last night, and all I was doing was watching Everything Sucks. This is an actual <laughs> reason. <laughs> is that a show I should watch? Nah. It's not Freaks and Geeks, which I wanted it to be. Well, um, nothing will okay. ever be Freaks and Geeks, So, so going back, back to this. Going back to the division. So the Flyers are... Like at this point, I'm basically crossing the Rangers off. Like I don't care. They're, yeah, they're they're dead. Yeah, they've oh, given they're up. Dead. They're they're, they're, they're done. Dead. It's over. Lundqvist so let Latera score on them. They've quit. So you've got you've got seven teams now for what is almost certainly five spots, unless the Florida Panthers go on a crazy run at the end of the year and steal one of them, which isn't going to happen. The Penguins are in. Like I, it, it's yeah. it's impossible for me to imagine a scenario where they miss. It's very difficult for me to imagine a scenario where the Capitals miss. So what you're looking at is you're looking at five teams for three spots. You're looking at the Flyers, the Devils, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets. The Flyers and Devils are six points clear of everyone. Yeah. So, you know, it would take, and this is ba going back to the article that Kurt posted today. It would take a pretty epic collapse for them mm -hmm. to miss at this point. So I'm I'm pretty confident. I think the Caps and Penguins are kind of fighting for the division title, yeah. and the Flyers and Devils are fighting between third place and the first wild card. Um, who would you, who would you rather play in the first round? Because for me, it's absolutely the Caps. The Caps, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yes, I mean you've, me. you've got you've got to hope for the voodoo and the magic to continue working against them. But I will say, like, watch. However, hold on, I'm not even going to let you finish that okay. because I think I know what you're going to say. Remember when the Flyers and the Penguins met in round one five years ago, yeah. six years ago? I think they're they're both wildly different teams now. Well, yeah, but that was fun. That I was like oh, it was. That's the most fun playoff series ever. Um, outside of like uh, you know, Detroit, Colorado series. Um, and, and and there is like even though I think the Flyers would lose lose to the Penguins. It would be kind of fun. Get the rivalry going. No, 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 I'm not even talking the rivalry, but it would be kind of fun going into a series with the Penguins knowing you're playing with house money because there's no expectation that you're going to win. And if you beat them, it's it's hilarious and because you I'm just sorry. beat the Penguins. Would you say that they'd be underdogs? Underdogs? <laughs> Charles? 
underdogs? Um, and I'm going to get a fucking mask. Let's while, go. While under Johnston, uh, the Penguins have been the team that I always thought they should be. You mean, you mean Sullivan? Sullivan. Sullivan. Yeah. Johnston Jesus. was the guy they Yeah, Johnston was yeah. the guy that all the time. Yeah. Under Sullivan. Um, and they're both named Mike. I know. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's why yeah, I think I screwed up all the time. All the names in the world. You hired back-to-back coaches with the same first name. Anyway, uh, under Sullivan, they've been the coach. They've been the team that I've always thought that they should be. Like, when you watch Penguins-Flyers games, even when the Flyers might have had their number or they had a good rivalry back and forth, there'd be like eight-minute bursts where the Penguins just had the puck the whole time. They would cycle out of the zone only to change, and then they'd go right back in, and they'd continue to have the puck, and then the Flyers would crawl, would claw back. There'd be crazy goals because Flurry's a nutcase. Um, but you'd look and go, why don't the Penguins just ignore us when Scott Hartnell like face washes somebody and then uh, score eight goals and win? And they just never would. Now they do that. Mm-hmm. But up until the last two seasons, they've been – a mentally fragile team. And if you were able to steal game one like you did in, what was it, 2012? I don't um, know what year it was. I think it was, <laughs> I want to say 2012. I don't know what year it is now. Wait, well, we talk, we're talking about that series? Yeah, the, yeah that, it, was it was 2012. 2012. It was if you're able to steal game, now you, it'll be a little tougher because Danny Breer can't be nine feet off sides. They challenge that. Uh, <laughs> So it would be tougher to steal game one. But if you could do that to them, you plant those little seeds of doubt. That said, I still yeah. would much rather the Cubs. I mean, I don't think you're planting seeds of doubt seeds of doubt in a team that's won two straight Cubs. I'm sorry. Nah. Mm. Well, mm. yeah. But Back in Ryan it was, Reeves, it, it they're not hungry. It would still be funny if they beat them. And there's no team that, it w- there's no team that would, would give the fan base more happiness than beating than the Penguins. Would like, you say it would be like, Beating the Patriots. Oh, there we go. Oh, my Hungry God, it dogs was. run faster, <laughs> Oh, my God, it was. Hungry dogs run faster. It's true. Men's aren't hungry anymore. Okay, so this, I think, is a conversation we had in the All-NHL show, but then you got the three other teams. You got the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets, and, like, the Islanders. I'm surprised they're still around. Huh. That's pretty This weird. division, man. <laughs> this Just division is, like, absolutely bonkers. Like, I did not see any of this going this way when we started this season. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's I thought they were gonna be third. I thought, canceled sports. Wild. I thought they were gonna be third in the division. <laughs> you fucking did not. Okay. I'm, <laughs> go back and find it. We I'm have right. preview shows. Go back to the tape. <laughs> go back to the tape. I definitely said it on WIP if I didn't say it here. No, sure. <laughs> All right, Bill, what do we got next? Uh what do we got? I just uh trade deadline. There have been a lot of conversation on the old Twitter about fear of giving up assets, fear of going well, not about, all in. Well, about that. Yeah. Well, this is, <laughs> this is a conditional fourth and a conditional third in 2019. It's like I don't a think pencil it's the, and some yeah. snacks. Uh, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying go out and give up a first rounder. Like, if you know Eric Carlson suddenly becomes available, give up everything. He is but, available. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there's this fear of, like, being in this constant limbo of, well, we're almost there. Let's not do it. Let's not cash in our chips yet. And I'm not advocating for trading first round picks and you know trading a Sandheim or anything like that. But some of these prospects, some of these picks, we are never going to see anyway. No, nope. we Sam still Moran. don't have Sam Moran. It was Sam 2013. Moran be like the new Robert Haig. Throw him into every yep. trade <laughs> rumor. Well, no, at because this he point. does. I mean, he's at this point. What's his value? It's yeah, nothing. No. He he has. His he's tall. I know. 
at least one team you could get dive. something from. No, <laughs> you uh, keep Robert Haig in all of the trade rumors. Since <laughs> Charlie hates him, you may as well just get rid of him. Haig is a defensive defenseman who gets a lot of hits. I'm telling you, we could get something from Edmonton for him. Uh, no, yeah, we're yes. not sending best yes. boy Robert Haig to Edmonton. No, well, we're saving all of them. I care about <laughs> me, not Haig. Well, True. I got a taste of partying on Broad Street. I never want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get the flu like that again. I cannot. I can't do it. It'll be warm for the Flyers Parade. It's fine. Yeah, yeah but it's, it was the people. That's true. N- norovirus or whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> no, that's the poops. Um, <laughs> I had a thing to say. What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, like even the prospects, even the prospects that you love and you will die before considering them a player for another team, they're probably not going to play for the plot for the flyers. Like there are only so many roster spots. There are only so many roster spots in the next few years. Like maybe, maybe your guy will be here 10 years from now, but at that point he'll be a fourth line veteran. Like, there's a really good chance that all of these star prospects that we're seeing come through the system. Don't actually make it all the way to the NHL. And that's okay because you use them as trade bait. You use them as pieces to get the one guy that you're missing. It's okay. This is how the game works. No, right. It, you have to do what Edmonton didn't do. You use highly touted prospects to that, get better to get better instead of letting them not be good <laughs> and then being worthless to you and everyone else. Well, I mean, they still have value. You just then totally underrate their value yeah. when you trade them for Adam Larson. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. and I always said that with the Larson Taylor Hall thing. There's two separate arguments. Did you is a goal scoring winger as important as that defenseman you think you need? No. no. I would make that trade. Is Larson the best you can do? If it is, no, I would, <laughs> would not do that trade. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, like, Charlie, what is, you have this prevailing argument thing. Like, what is the argument for not making a move to and seeing potential two, three rounds of hockey here? So the argument, and this is not an argument that I agree with, but this is the argument you saw on Twitter a lot yesterday. There was a big debate yesterday in, in certain corners of Flyers Twitter. Basically, the argument is that if you're not a cup contender, if you can't if, if you can't plausibly see a team winning a cup, then that team should not ever give up assets at all because there's no point to giving up a draft pick, any draft pick, really, if there's no payoff that could be considered a cup. And the argument, the counter argument that I bring is, what value do we place upon simply making the playoffs? Because like num- number one. <clears throat> Fans, you would think, fans should want their team to make the playoffs because playoffs are fun. They t- they tend to be I dig en- them. They tend to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. The second part of that is how valuable is it to the young talent on the roster to get playoff experience? Yeah, you know what I really want to see? Ivan Provorov playing thirty minutes a night. Like that's <laughs> what I want to see. Playoff Provorov. I want to see Travis Konecki pissing yeah. off everyone. Yes, in the playoffs, he's got that punchable face. He's just this <laughs> goal-scoring little pest. Like I want to see these guys take that next step. I always said you are not a veteran until you've played in the playoffs because now you've played hockey at the highest level. The highest level of hockey in this world is NHL playoff hockey, and until you've done it, you've never played at that level. Once, you, like I think it was tremendously helpful, even if it was just for six games, for Ghost to know what that level was. He's a veteran now. Yeah, and that was a rookie year, and then he got to do it. Like I want to see Ivan Provorov get that test. I want Nolan Patrick to know what it is now. So Aww. next year, when he comes in, he's not, okay, well, I'm just in my second year. Nope. 
bro, you're the second line center on a playoff <laughs> team. This is who you are. You have to hit the ground running. God I want to see you all know that exactly happen. What but- buttons to push? Don't yep. you? I want Oscar Lindblom. Guess what, man? You are just a mid-season call-up now. You were the guy we brought in to be our reinforcement for this playoff run. You have a role on this team, and it is an important one. You need to fix the second power play basically by yourself here, Lindblom. <laughs> and Yori Laterra. <laughs> yeah. So you know what really annoyed me about that conversation, Charles, the one that you're referencing, is there is like a like I can see why people overvalue prospects, actual players Hope. that we've chosen that are with some version of Re- a, real the people, flyers, actual people. I have a, a hard time understanding why people ascribe such value to picks. Like okay, like. Obviously, a high first-round pick is very valuable. However, it even that is still a lottery ticket. It's nothing until you pick someone and that thing yeah, turns It's a lottery into ticket with better odds. A conditional fourth-round pick is nothing. In 2019? It's nothing. <laughs> it will very likely be nothing. It, it, like it's, it's, Mas- it's Maxim Shushko, who, like, yeah, nice player, but... Like, really? He's right. the guy like, I everyone, get to enjoy doing World Juniors. Like, oh, he might play for the yeah, Flyers like, one day. This is fun. For some reason, everyone thinks that every third-round pick is going to be, like, Pavel Datsuk. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, people want to hold on to these picks. And unless you're going to do something with them, they're nothing. And you're probably not going to find an impact player in the fourth or fifth round. Eh, Shane Goss bear. I mean, yeah, 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 it's like one, it's one yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens. It. But what I'm saying is <laughs> I like know, I'm teasing. Yeah, like And you know what? They gave up a first round pick for Chris Versteeg and then traded him for a third. That became Shane Gostas Bear. Yeah, so like, this it still worked. This team doesn't <laughs> need to be a cap contender a, ca- a cup contender for moving a fourth and fifth round pick to make sense. It's fine. Like yeah, like uh, I don't. Fine. I don't think we're gonna go out and make like the Marion Hosa trade. Like go right. load up for the cup run. No, but you know the fact that they can down the line is awesome. That's why you accumulate yeah. these assets. Right. I'm not telling them to do it now though. Like you don't need to go get Phil Kessel, but. Yo, but it wouldn't this hurt. Is, this is I the NHL. It's not the NBA. You have a chance when you get in. And there, right. there's another point that I don't think enough people really remember when it comes to picks. And when it comes to this idea, well, just stockpile all the picks. Because there, there's, there's a logical thought process behind that, which is, you know, picks are lottery tickets. Get as many lottery tickets as possible and make the picks. And then you get more, give yourself more chances to get to Shane Gossiper in third round. That makes sense. However... There's also a, a roster limit. There's a maximum number of contracts you can have on your in your organization. Now, I'm just talking about 13, 13 roster spots on the main club. You can only have 50 players under contract at one time. Now, granted, there's the slide rule. So if you have a guy in juniors, they don't count. If you have a guy in college who hasn't signed yet, they don't count. But they will when they sign and when they go pro. And the Flyers are very quickly getting to the point where they're going to have to make some very tough decisions on some pretty good prospects that they just might not be able to sign. Like Anthony Salonitri's been pretty good this year in uh, in the OHL. Uh, Carson Twerensky, same thing. Neither of them are guaranteed to get contracts. Look at Merrick Madsen. Yeah, like they might. Yeah, Merrick Madsen is a classic example. Like the Flyers are very quickly getting to the point where it may not necessarily make sense for them to have all the picks every year. Look what, look at, we just talked about it on um, on Ice Sport last night, Shashnikov in Toronto. Yeah. They had to dump him for a fourth-round pick, and he's a nice, uh, not well, saying think, he's... I think they hated him, didn't they? Uh, 
I don't know. It was just one of those guys I who like Babcock didn't want to use. Yeah. Just one of them things. I think. Mer- oh, he's a baby captain. Okay. I think Myrtle wrote an article saying that Babcock liked it. I don't know if the front uh, office liked it. Fucking Lou. Babcock liked it. Ruining everything Did up there. Did he have a beard? He must have. <laughs> he must have had a beard. Uh, all right, we're running short on time, so I want to get into this Travis Konechny's development thing. Are we, though? Because we, we have, have to restart. We have like 13 minutes, oh, Okay, I okay. Uh, I think we started at 40, Taylor, something like that. Okay. Uh, so this Travis Konechny development thing, uh, Kelly kind of kicked it off to start the show, saying oh, it has nothing geez. to do has nothing to do with Dave Hackstall. And, well, I'm going to, like, yes, they traded up for Travis Konechny in the first round. We all, you know, were happy when they did that because we expected him to be a very good player. However, last year he didn't score quite at the rate maybe we expected him to. Um, and he's a rookie. Like, that happens all the time. It has nothing to do with your long-term value sometimes. Also line mates. But in the, uh, in the first, I think, 36 games this season, he had like 10 points. Uh, since in his last 23 games, 11 goals, 13 assists. What's so he is, different? He's picked it up a bit. Uh, what's different? No, what's is, different? But putting the confidence in him, like, do you believe he earned those first line minutes? Yes. So here's the thing. Okay, so here's the thing. It is Dave Hackstall's job, his baseline job, to ice the best combination of players that he can with his available choices. That's his job. I don't see why I need to shower him with praise for doing the very bare minimum of what he's supposed to do at work every day. If I go to work every day and I'm supposed to put this peg into this hole and five out of seven days I miss the hole and then one week I get in there and all five days I get the peg in the hole. Am I supposed to get like a raise? Are people supposed to shower me with praise forever? No, I did my job okay. the bare minimum well. All right. That's However, what he did. He put Travis Konechny, who is a skilled player, with other skilled players, and it worked. Good job, buddy, he but was I'm not going to act like you're a good coach because you did one good thing. I and, think and, and not only, no, I'm, I'm cutting you off, and not only was it one good thing that was, and it's not like it was an unprecedented good thing, it is the bare minimum and and literally the most logical thing that right. a coach could do. A, a talented offensive player with other good, talented offensive players. He Let's throw th- this shit at the wall and see if it works. Right, like oh, he, my God, it he did. He does shit that, like, a rando on Twitter has suggested should have been done 17 times. And then finally Dave does it. And everyone's like, holy oh shit. Oh, my God. Look at this guy. Right, oh, th- my God. Yeah. There is a difference to me. Yes, Travis Connecting, <laughs> incredibly skilled. There's a lot of guys who are skilled. There's a difference between skill and effectiveness. And I look at that overtime play in Columbus. The strip, the spin back, backhand pass to Couturier. Is he good enough to make that play last year? Is he good enough to make that play in the beginning of the season? Does he have the confidence to make that play last year at the beginning of the season? And I think it goes beyond just what we see on game day. It's telling him what to work on, helping him work on what he needs to do in the video room, at practice, and all of that I think contributes to him now being worthy, worthy of first line minutes and he's to his to to connect credit he's taking advantage of them he's producing he is producing at a very high first line first line level but was he good enough to do this before i don't know that i think that he was and i think that he also had the confidence to do it before but he didn't have effective players standing next to him yeah like there's a reason that his production went up when he got moved to the first line and i don't think it was just oh my coach believes in me now i can play hockey good like no He's playing with really good players, so it helps. Yeah. This is tough for me because so much of so much of this debate is just based on like stuff we can't know. Right. So I hate getting involved in debates where I have to basically just like say, Well, you know, 
either I trust that Hackstall fixed him or I trust that he would have already always done this. Like you're everyone just kind of has their opinion and that's the opinion and there's no real way to prove it one way or the other. What I will say about Konechny is that I would have been hesitant to put him up on the first line before December because he was really, really shitty defensively. And my concern was that if you put him with Drew and Couturier, yeah, offensively, that'll be great. But they're going to face off against top lines. I don't know if Konechny can hold up against top lines when they don't have the puck. Now, he has, and that's great. Would he have been able to had they not spent a year and a half focusing on defense with him? I don't know. Like, maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Maybe if they would have put him with the top line right away, and it would have been awesome in October, and it would have been great, and it wouldn't have mattered that Konechny wasn't that good defensively because they would have just had the puck all the time, and then having the puck all the time would have given him more confidence defensively, and then everything would have been great. Maybe. Maybe not. I just, I don't know. All I know is that Konechny is playing well now. And that's great. And while I agree that it's it's Dave Haxel's job to get him to play well, it's still good that he is, and it's still better than the alternative of him not. And all I can do is judge the coach based on whether the players I think are good are actually playing good, and they are right now. They are. And I think that you can reasonably feel that things are going well now. But, like, there are still, like, him doing good things, like putting Travis Konechny up on that top line and getting him going. That is indisputably a good move. Good job, Dave Haxtell. However, it just simply, for me, doesn't erase all of the other things. Oh, I like, agree we're looking that. at a series of decisions that have happened over the last two and a half years. They all add up into what I think this coach is. And I, I just find it super annoying that people can't, Sep- like separate those two things. Yes, the team is doing well right now, but that doesn't mean that we've got a good coach. See, the, the one thing, too, and, and it's interesting the point you made about the last two years, because one point that I've been turning over in my head is last year versus this year. Like, last year, Dave Hackstall was not a good coach. Just looking at last year. Like, not just not a good coach, but a really bad coach. Mm-hmm. He did an awful job last year. I look at just this year, and really, with the exception of Travis Sanheim and the fact that I think he's totally bungled that situation because Travis Sanheim is obviously better than Brandon Matt. With the exception of that, to- just for one second, totally putting out of my head the, the, that the, that the 2016-17 season even happened, Dave Haxel, I think, has done a pretty good job this year. Now, one could argue that you can't erase 2016-17, and that's totally fair, but just this year, I think Haxel's done pretty well. I would argue that you can erase those seasons because the two guys who were clearly most affected by it, Ghost and Konechny, have erased or learned from those seasons. Shane Gossesbear was recovering from major surgery last season. That's why he was down, and his turnaround had absolutely nothing to do with sitting in the press box. Thank you. Oh, I don't think it... I'm not talking about sitting in the press box. I do think... The scratchings were overblown a bit. Uh, I don't think his recovery had anything to do with that. I just think, honestly, he wasn't all that physically ready to play, especially the demanding NHL schedule. He just needed some nights off here and there. Um, I I just think Haxtell, like Charlie said, has done a good job this year. And 
the Sandheim thing isn't even the thing that bothers me the most. Really? It's, what is what bothers me? Goaltending, man. Okay, that's fair. Great. That's fair. Brian He's still Elliott, doing a bad job Brian there. Elliott played the entire month of December, and at the time, we were on this show being like, Yo, he's 32. <laughs> Give him a break. Can he, can he do this? Like, yeah, I he get might it. Break. I get it. Like, Because yeah. it is his job, like Kelly said, on a night-to-night basis to say, who gives me the best chance to win? But you also have to go big picture, little picture sometimes. Yeah, Elliot gives me the best chance to win every night. But if I'm going to want Elliot in April, he probably can't play all of December. Mm-hmm. And now we just had to give up two draft picks for Peter Mrazek. Fair point. Because... We were right about that. That's been the <laughs> thing that bothered me the most. Yeah, it would be nice to have more than one NHL pair. Like, it really would. <laughs> it really, really would. Um, but I just think, like, for what this team is, like, a goalie plays every minute of every game. So it would be nice to have one healthy other than Alex Lyon and now trading two picks for Peter Morazic. That's been the thing that's bothered me the most this season. Conditional uh, picks. Yeah. and They're also, still getting them. It's just where they fall well, based I mean, on whatever maybe. the hell Morazic does. I would assume they're getting at least one. Yeah, they're it's, getting one of them. It's plausible to me that the second pick... Is if they re-sign him? Yeah, the second pick might be disappearing yeah. if they don't re-sign him. So I don't know. what. Like obviously, we're going to have to wait and see what the conditions are. But that's a fair point because I, I agree with you. I still am more angry about Sanheim. Yeah. But I agree with you that, that that the goalie thing is important because not only did it force the Flyers to give up assets. I know we spent you know the last 10 minutes saying third round, fourth round picks are not that big of a deal, but they are still assets. And you, prefer, you could have made another yeah, trip. And you'd prefer yeah. not to give them up if you don't have to. And this, the goaltending thing is a problem. The The running of goalies into the ground is a problem, and it's not just a this-year problem. And it's, it, it's a three-year problem. And like we said, last year... We all think he did a bad job last year. Yeah. This year, I think overall, if you're putting a pro-con list together, there's more pluses than minuses. But also, I but mean... But this has been a three-year thing that he clearly hasn't learned. Yeah. The, <laughs> the team this year... Is better. Is better. Oh, and, yeah. And a- apart from anything that the coaching staff has done, the roster is just better. No, you have the... I think this is the th- best three lines of forwards you've had since the Richardson-Carter trades. Right. And I so, think... We Detroit guaranteed no less than a fourth-round pick for Mrazek. If Philadelphia makes playoffs and Mrazek wins five games for Philadelphia in the regular season, fourth becomes a third. If Philadelphia advances to conference final and Mrazek wins six playoff games, the third becomes a second. If Philadelphia re-signs him next season, Detroit gets third in 19. So it's the re-signing for the second one. Okay. okay. And then it could be up to a second round pick. And if they make it if, we if go he wins crazy. six if he wins six playoff games. I don't give him. a shit. So, yeah. so <laughs> wait, is, is that is that implying that they're getting the third in twenty nineteen regardless of anything? Sounds like it. If they re sign him. Okay, so that only the second pick is re signed. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. I'm cool with that. And if he wins six playoff games, it's a second this year. And the thing is, there's a good, like, even if the Flyers make the playoffs and go on a run, there's no guarantee Morozik even starts. Right. Because Elliott will theoretically be healthy. Yeah. All right. That's fine with me. This is a fine trade with me. Good Um, job, Ron. Good good stuff, everybody. Hey, Limblom's up. The one thing I wanted more, and to get back to just real quick to wrap that conversation up, the reason Sanheim doesn't bother me that much. Listen, I want him here. I want Sanheim. <laughs> I've watched this dude. Like I, I, I love Travis Sanheim. I want him here. I do believe next year he'll be here and in the regular regular rotation. Certainly and hope so. And everything will be fine. Well, we'll see. I think mm. it'll be like Connect Me and Ghost. I think it'll be. Oh well, there was a year of shit, and then everything's fine the next year. I really believe that about Sanheim. If I'm proven wrong next year retroactively, this will piss me off more than the goalies. But until that happens, what? 
Oh, you're talking about Konechny and Ghost last year last when they were year, sitting. So and this will be so instead of Sanheim sitting, will, he's, he's going to get a year right, of yep. shit, and next year he'll just be right. up and everything will be fine. I hope so. Well, we'll Here's see. I, I have very little confidence in anybody to make that happen. Yeah, well, we'll see. I've got nothing but confidence in every team in this city. Taylor, did you hear? LeBron toured Malvern Prep. He's sending his kids here. He's going to be a sixer. Everything's coming up <laughs> Philly, baby. Did Arietta sign with the Phils yet? Did it happen, Charlie? No. Uh, it's going to happen by the time you all wake up tomorrow, I promise. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. My name is Bill Matz. For Steph, for Charlie, for Kelly, have a great week, everybody. And uh, subscribe to our Patreon. It's really good. And check out Fans of Philly, please, and thank you. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.